Hey guys, Pastor Jurgen here. I'm so glad you're tuning into one of our powerful messages that is guaranteed to absolutely elevate your life to another level. At Awaken, we only want to preach fresh, real, powerful to help you grow stronger in your walk with God, develop your faith so you can take more territory. I'm praying that God blesses you and enriches your soul as you listen to this amazing word from God. God bless you. I can already feel the presence of God at work. And uh, I leaned over to Pastor Katie as I was coming on stage and I just said, every time I even try to think through or speak out this message, I tear up because I feel God so much. And tonight is gonna be a different kind of a night. Tonight is gonna be an encounter. We're gonna encounter the presence of the most loving, the most incredible, the most wonderful Jesus. Tonight, we're gonna receive and encounter him, I believe in a way, maybe that we never have before or that we need again. And I can already feel his tangible presence in this room and I know that tonight, is gonna be a sacred night. It is preparing the way for Resurrection Sunday, for Easter, for all the things that are coming. So God, I just give this night over to you, Father. I thank you that you are a loving and a good God and that you love your children. It's why you created them. So Lord God, tonight I pray that each one of us would have an encounter with you that would forever change our lives. Lord, I thank you that you are in the business of transforming hearts, oh God. Lord, I pray tonight that you mold us and you make us, oh God. Lord, that the scales on our eyes that are there would fall off, oh God. That we would see you in a way we have never seen you before. Lord, I thank you that you go before us, oh God. And I thank you that you are here with us in the now. And I thank you that you're a miracle working God. Lord, I thank you that, that we will see the miraculous in and through our lives. In your most magnificent, mighty name I pray, can I hear an amen? You all can give each other a high five. You can take a seat, but not for long. If you're new tonight, it's just gonna be a different kind of night. So let the guard down, just go with it. We're gonna have a great time together. Um, God did a work in my own heart and life, and I'd like to say it was years ago, but it's fairly recent, and I want to share a little bit from that place. And then I want to lead us into some encounters with our Heavenly Father tonight. So we're not going to stay seated the whole time, and I'm not going to preach my heart out. I'm going to minister tonight. And we're gonna, we're gonna believe together that Jesus is gonna come and he's gonna minister. The beautiful thing about Jesus is he ministers corporately and individually to every heart. How magnificent is that? 
Uh, when I was growing up, I had the privilege of growing up as, as a Christian. And so we had all these different stories growing up. And as I was preparing for tonight, I was remembering a woman and her name is Helen Keller. Some of you might have heard from her. She's got a lot of famous quotes out there. But Helen Keller was born on June 27, 1880 on a little farm in Alabama. And she was born a healthy little girl. Um, but at 19 months, she was stricken with uh, the scarlet fever is what they believe she, she had. And that scarlet fever left her both blind and deaf. But Helen Keller was an extraordinary woman. By the age of 10, she became proficient in reading Braille and in manual sign language. And she decided that wasn't enough, that she also wanted to speak. And so she was put herself in classes and she learned to speak being deaf and blind. And in her lifetime, she became a world-renowned writer and lecturer. And she said these two things that I always remember and I wanted to share with you today. She said, the only thing that is worse than being blind, and she would know, is having sight but no vision. The thing about that is, and I've experienced this in my life, that we can see through our natural eye, but we should, through the eyes of Christ, be able to shut our eyes and begin to see the future. We should see what's ahead when we actually close our eyes is when we actually begin to see more when we see through the eyes of Christ. But if our hearts have grown cold or things or disappointment has been lodged there, it becomes very difficult to see out. It becomes difficult to make decisions. Everything seemingly gets very cloudy. And then she said this other statement. She said, the best and the most beautiful thing in the world cannot be seen or even touched. It must be felt with the heart. And I believe that of Jesus. I believe that in our Christian life, Knowledge is a powerful thing, and it's something that we should have. It opens up things to us, understanding and having knowledge. But I am telling you, there is a place in Jesus that goes beyond knowledge into an experience, into an encounter with a very living and a very present God that can shift and change everything. It's a different place in God. There's a difference between knowing Jesus a savior and saying Jesus is my savior. It's a very different thing. And I want us tonight, I'm gonna just share a little bit and I wanna teach us and I wanna minister tonight to understand that Jesus is my savior, Jesus is my Lord, and Jesus is my friend. That's a different kind of Christianity. It's not a, just a knowledge-based, biblical knowledge of who Jesus is. It's an experience with the Spirit of the living God. Can I get an amen in there? The title of my message tonight is called An Encounter Can Change Everything. Like I said at the beginning, I was reminded of this 
just recently. I think coming into this uh, new year, I think sometimes we come into a new year and we all come in at different places or, or levels. Sometimes you come into a new year and you are on the mountaintop, like let's slay, right? Which is a great place to be. Um, and then there's other times where you come into a new year and it's like, you know, you have, you know, it's like the bucket has run dry and you just crossed over into that new year. And now you feel like you're at the bottom and you're just like, come on, there's got to be more, you know, like coming from more of that survival place. And for me, when I came into to this year, and I, and I want to say this, even as a Christian, as, as a pastor, um, we... We don't just poof become these, you know, nothing touches us, we feel nothing. Like Christians, pastors, all of us, we're, we're human beings and we have ups and downs in our Christian walk. And I wanna share a bit about that. And as myself, as a Christian and, and as a pastor, when I came into this year, um, I honestly, I, I didn't come in at the mountaintop. For whatever reason, I was just, in January, just not really feeling totally myself. Now, there's a very interesting thing when you become even a Christian and you walk in, you become a Christian. You can be a Christian and you can read your Bible and you can come to church and you can do the right thing, which is always good. We always wanna do that. But for me, I got to a place and I've been in a place in my life where that's not enough. I don't want to do life robotically. I don't wanna do life only being obedient. I need to hear the voice of my Savior. I want to walk in rhythm with my God. I want to hear His voice. I want to experience His presence. I want to, to see Him as I walk into my future. And for me, when I came into this year, I just was coming in and I, I could feel my heart just growing a little bit cold. And I, I, I was doing all the right things and, and I could, you know, gifts, gifts are gifts. I can preach, I can minister, all of those things. And it doesn't mean that God has left me. But there's a place in God that I want to exist that goes way beyond the knowledge of God and walking with Him. I want to experience Him. And so I started to get a little bit frustrated. <laughs> Why is my heart growing cold? And then, and then I noticed that I was, even in services or listening to messages or podcasts, I would listen to a message and I would hear the words, but every time I heard the words, this promise or, you know, speaking of the future, there was a counter, there was a counter voice to that said, ah, oh, so sad that it doesn't happen for you. So great that it happens for everybody else. Now listen, this is a part of my world, not my whole world, okay? And that can happen a lot of times as Christians where I can have, uh, my, and that was really is my story. I have, you know, this, um, my, my finances are, are populating and my work life and my serving life and my ministry life and all of these, and it's very real. I kind of describe it sometimes, and this is the wrong way, but just go with me, is, is it's kind of like you feel sometimes a little bit bipolar because you're like, you really feel those real feelings of happiness and joy when good things happen and you're experiencing things with people and you're out in your community and you're doing all the things that make you come alive. But then there can be this other part, and this would happen to me when I would walk into my house and I would walk in alone and then I would begin to feel sad. And it was just two sides of my life. And I began to just, the fight just began to get weary for me. And I began to get really sad and, and, and my, the, the vision, like we talked about, everything just started to get a little bit cloudy. And when that happens, you start to have irrational thoughts. 
you, you, you're, you're sometimes on the precipice of making really poor decisions, typically, because it's all cloudy. And so for me, I decided I, I couldn't live that way. And so I decided to do a three-day fast. And I was like, God, and, and my, my, my most basic question to God was, God, I need to hear your voice and your word. I need a Bible verse. I need an anchor for my soul. I don't even want a prophetic word through a human. I want God himself. I want the word of God that I know never fails me. I want the word of God that I can stand on because the Bible says that his word will always be forever. His word outlasts. The Bible says even the heavens and the earth, his word remains. So I knew in my life, if I have a word from God himself, that is the anchor for my soul, that I can go through hell and back. I can have my life go so many different directions, but if God is with me, anything is possible. And I got to that place, God, I want you. I want your word more than I want anything else. I cannot do days without you. And so I called a, a friend and I asked God which person and I felt him highlight someone and, and, I, and, and I met with her and, and I began just to share and unburden my soul. And it was such a beautiful moment. And then as I shared, she's just a beautiful woman and she just received of God and we prayed together. And church, I will tell you this, on that, in that moment, I encountered God again. If you've, when you encounter him for the first time, and we're gonna go talk about, is it an extraordinary experience. And when you encounter God again, it's an extraordinary experience. And I'm telling you that in that moment, as I met with Jesus, and as Jesus spoke and he confirmed things and he gave me a word and he gave me a scripture to hold on to, as I realized that Jesus was with me, that burden fell off of me, where the devil was trying to speak these horrible things and horrible words that I knew were of the devil, but I knew that I had to talk to a friend because I felt like at that point, I didn't have authority over them. They were affecting me. And so sometimes we have to unite with another person and go, hey, stand with me and let's break this stuff off. And so I did that and I just felt that horrible, ugly spirit just leave. And then the word of God came to me and I had an encounter with Jesus that changed me forever. And I so thank God for who he is. And I wanna share with you today and I wanna lead us tonight into an encounter with him where words, church, maybe have failed us, where, where promises and things that we are believing in, maybe uh, you, like me, the Bible says, the hope deferred makes a heart grow sick, but a longing fulfilled is a tree of life. If our heart begins to grow sick, if there's a delay in an area of our life, if something isn't coming to pass, we can do all of the things and we should and we should do all the work, but sometimes life is life. Sometimes things happen the way they happen, but we have to know that we are with God and then everything begins to change. And just like Helen Keller, 
it was like I could see instantaneously again. I felt the blinders come off. I could see my next step. Irrational thoughts, those voices are gone. I can see clearly again. I felt the authority that God had given me come back right into my spirit like 10 feet tall. That's the kind of God that we serve. And my first point is this. We're gonna encounter Jesus as our savior not a savior, not the savior. But if we ask ourselves the question, and let's ask ourselves tonight, is Jesus my savior? Because Jesus doesn't just save us once, he will continue to save us through our lives. It's not a one-off event. It can happen multiple times. Do you remember your first experience with Jesus? Do you remember that first moment the light bulb came on? Do you remember the first moment that you fell in love with your Savior? Do you remember that first moment when someone maybe brought you to church or was, was well, you know, a grandma that was praying for you or that moment that you were in your own room by yourself and all of a sudden you encountered Jesus himself? Do you remember what that felt like? Do you remember what it felt like to experience the power and the presence of Jesus. The Bible calls it being born again. And in the Bible, there's a guy by the name of Nicodemus. And Nicodemus saw the miracles of God. In fact, he was having a conversation with Jesus and said, I've seen your miracles. I see what you do, but who are you? That means that Nicodemus was around a miracle, the Jesus, miracle working Jesus and didn't know him. He was talking to Jesus, but he didn't know him. And this is what the Bible says in John 3. And I'll, I'll start at verse 3. Jesus says to him, no one can see the kingdom of God unless you are born again. And Jesus answered him, I assure you, most solemnly say to you, unless a person is born again, he cannot see and experience. Do you see those two words? He cannot see and experience the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, how can a man be born when he is old? Natural man, all of us have questions. Wait a minute, Jesus, that makes no sense. How can this happen? And I love Jesus because he'll take the time to answer. He says, he cannot enter into a mother's womb a second time and be born, can he? Jesus answered him, I assure you and most solemnly say to you, unless one is born of water and of the spirit, he cannot ever enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. The physical is merely physical, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Do not be surprised that I have told you, you must be born again, reborn from above, spiritually transformed, renewed, and sanctified. And in that moment, Nicodemus went from knowing about a Savior to knowing that he was his Savior. The moment the spirit of Jesus enters our life, of course we are reborn again. The moment we receive Jesus and we open our eyes for the first time, we have the spirit of the living God on the inside of us. We have the breath of God on the inside of us. And all of a sudden the whole world looks different. Why? Because we are seeing through the eyes of Christ. We are seeing through the eyes of Jesus himself because he's in us, the Holy Spirit with us. And I want to ask you this question tonight. Have you had that moment? 
Have you had that moment, maybe for the first time, or maybe it needs to happen again. The heart has grown cold. Would everybody stand to their feet? And would you just close your eyes for a moment and ask yourself the question, has my heart grown cold? Has my heart known Jesus the way that is more than a knowledge, but instead it's an experience? And it doesn't mean that we always feel the ooey-gooey feels, but sometimes we can. We can feel the presence of the living God. Our eyes can become open to His truths where the filters that we see the world begin to change when He enters us. If that's you in this place and you're like, you know what? I don't know that I've experienced and encountered God in that way. Would you just do me a favor and raise your hand? I want to pray with you. I see that hand. I see that hand. I see that hand. I see that hand. If your heart's grown cold and you're like, it's time for me to remember that my Jesus is my Savior again, would you raise your hand? God is in this place. He loves you so much. Church, I want to do this. I, I want you to come out of your seats. Those of you that would have said, hey, this is the first time that I want to experience Jesus in that way or, or I want to experience Jesus as my Savior again. My heart's grown cold. I just want to open the altar right now and we're just going to encounter God and then we're going to continue in the rest of this message. But I don't want to go any further without first bringing you forward and us encountering God, not just repeating a prayer. I want us to encounter Jesus himself. So I saw lots of hands go up throughout this building. Would you just begin to come forward right now? And we're going to encounter him together. That's right. Just come forward. Come on. Such a beautiful thing to encounter Jesus, our Savior. Let him save you for the first time, for the second time, for the thousandth time. He's our Savior yesterday, today, and forever. He is our Savior. He loves us so much. It is his good pleasure and his good again. So beautiful. Just continue to make your way out. I want us all in this building, those of you up front and those of you in the seat, to just close your eyes and raise your hands. I feel him so strongly in this place. Often we sense Jesus and it's a still, small voice. Sometimes we hear him like a mighty thunder or lightning, but mostly we hear him on the inside of us. And I want us right now to have a moment of vulnerability if you're in your seat or you're on the altar. And if there's something in your heart or an area of your heart or your whole heart, that has grown cold or hasn't known Jesus like this, I want you to put that before your Savior. And I want to let Him save you. This is nothing that a pastor can do for you. It's nothing that a leader, this you get to do yourself. You get to bring your heart before your Savior and let His heart come into yours. 
I'm telling you, when that happens, there is a peace that surpasses all understanding. It doesn't even mean that all the pieces of our life get put together like a big, beautiful puzzle in one full sweep, but it does mean that it will come together, that God is faithful, and it means that He's with us. So whether our life goes to the left, to the right, to the front, to the center, He's with us, and so we have peace that surpasses all understanding. I want you just to repeat after me the whole church, and especially those of you that are here up front. And then we're just gonna allow Jesus to minister to us. Let's everybody together say, God, I thank you for sending your most precious gift, Jesus Christ, to save me. Jesus, I thank you that you died that I would be set free, that I would live, truly live life on earth and in heaven with you. I receive the spirit of life and life in abundance. Come into those areas of my heart that have grown cold or have not known you. And I receive you right now. Now we're just going to have just the music play behind me. Just lift your hands to heaven and let Jesus meet with you. Just keep your eyes closed and begin to see. Begin to listen for the voice of your Savior. What is He saying to you? He never comes with the voice of condemnation. That is the devil. We will deal with him in just a bit. But right now, let Jesus, your Savior, speak to you. He is loving kindness. He is tender mercies. He is faithful. He renews our youth like the eagle. He is a God that transforms our life, that heals our souls. Right now, even healings could take place in our bodies as Jesus comes in and so fills those areas of our heart. And God, I thank you, Jesus, for a lifting God. Lord, of the things that have kept us bound down, oh God. Lord, I rebuke the devil in the name of Jesus. And I declare right now freedom, that those who are free are free indeed. In the name of Jesus, I speak to you, you devils of oppression. You leave people and you let them go. I thank you, Jesus, Lord, that you have authority, that you took the keys of the kingdom, that you took the keys of hell and death and you defeated death and you rose with resurrection power. What you cannot do, you can do all things, God. So Lord, right now I pray that you minister, Father. We release your spirit into every open heart. We receive you right now, Jesus. We receive you, Father. You are our God, our Holy Father, a gift from heaven to earth on the inside of us. Renew us once again, Father. Praise you, praise your name. We receive of you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Come on, let's give Jesus a praise. Let's just begin to thank him for who he is. Y'all can just go back to your seats. You're, we're going to encounter him again. We got a couple more things we got to do before this night ends. That's just a great start.
It's going to be good. How beautiful to be part of the family of God. And so proud of you all that step forward. It takes a lot of courage to do, to do that. It took me a lot of courage to call a friend and be vulnerable. But how beautiful that on the other side of that vulnerability is freedom. Such a beautiful thing. Point number two, encounter Jesus my Savior and Lord. There comes a time in the Christian walk. Now we are saved. Now we are walking with Jesus. And there comes a time and a place where Jesus is our Savior, but then there's also a place in maturing in Christianity where he becomes our Lord. Jesus said this in John 15, 9 through 11. As the Father has loved me, so I loved you. Now remain in my love. How do we remain in his love? I'm glad you asked. Jesus answers that question. He says, so I have loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love. Just as I have kept my father's commands and remain in his love, I told you this so that my joy may be in you and your joy may be complete. If our joy has been diminishing, then has our relationship with Jesus grown cold? If our joy has been diminishing, have we stepped outside of the lines of his commands? Do we need to ask forgiveness for places that we have stepped out of that aren't of God? And the beautiful thing is he forgives us, but he still calls us to remain in his love by obeying him. So yes, there is forgiveness constantly today, yesterday, and forever, but he still calls us to obedience. And that's when a mature Christian, that's actually when maturity can happen, when there's an opportunity for temptation when there's opportunity to step outside of something and how beautiful of God that when we do, when we fall out, when we make a mistake, when we make a poor choice and we don't follow a command, how beautiful of Jesus that that can be restored simply by asking for forgiveness. That's Christian maturity. Going from Jesus my Savior to Jesus my Savior and Lord kind of looks like choosing his principle over my preference. This is the great battle of every Christian believer, to battle between our human nature and our spirit nature. Once we're saved, just like happened today, there is a battle that begins. And it's our human nature that we were born with. And God gives us that nature, the ability to make choices, the ability to choose Him. He didn't birth robots. He birthed human beings that have the opportunity to choose him or deny him. But he wants us to choose him. And oftentimes in our life, small decisions, big things, small things, big things, all the same, we need to choose him over that sin. Choose him over that preference. And that maturity begins to grow on the inside of us. Luke twenty two forty two 42 says, Father, I, I, I just love this because Jesus, <laughs> he went through this when he came to earth. Jesus himself, he never sinned. But look at what happened. He, there was a struggle. And he said this in Luke twenty two forty two 42. It says, Father, 
and this is before he went to the cross, says this, if it is your will, take this cup away from me. What was he saying? God, my Father, do I have to go through this? Do I have to, to go through the cross to the cross? And I actually believe that in that moment when Jesus was sweating blood in the Garden of Gethsemane and he was, it was the, before he, he was going to the cross and he asked God to take the cup from him, I don't think he was just worried about the cross. I think it was that he would be separated from his God. He was gonna be separated from his Father. He never knew what that felt like. And so he said, Father, could you, I, I don't know if I can bear that. And that's the place that I was in. I don't want to live life without Jesus with me. That can happen in the, in the Christian walk. And Jesus says, would you take this cup from me? I don't know if I can bear being separated from you. And then he said, not my will, but yours be done. Let's all stand to our feet right now. How many of us would say tonight, not my will, but yours be done. I want us just to close our eyes. I'm just gonna pray really quick. I'm not gonna have you come forward for sake of time. But if that's you in this place where we need to ask for forgiveness or we've realized we've stepped outside of something or it's just time that we know maturity has come to us, that great were the days of saving and being saved and that will continue to happen in our future. But now it's time to grow the muscle of Jesus, you're my savior and you are my Lord. I surrender all. I surrender my human will to your spirit will. And I know this about Jesus, that he has the best for every single one of us in store, that his promises are yes and amen, that he wants fruit that lasts in us. That's why he calls us to mature Christianity. Let me read this verse over you as you have your eyes closed. In John 15, 16, it says, you did not choose me, but I chose you. That means that he was always choosing us. That was just that moment that we recognized him and we chose him, but he was always choosing us. And then he says that he appointed us. He says, but I chose you and I appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. And so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give it to you. If we want a legacy that outlasts us, then it's time to be obedient to what he's asking us. That is the recipe to a good legacy. Fruit that remains, fruit that will last. That's why Jesus is maturing us. That's why sometimes we have to face the pain that we never wanted to face because we've got to break through for ourselves, for our children, for the people that surround us. We have to break through so that the world can see the example of a Christian man and a Christian woman so that we can know beyond a shadow of I am maturing in my Christianity. There is fruit. And there is fruit that remains. God, oh God, Lord, as we lift our hearts to you, Jesus. And, and if that touched you right now, if you're like, yep, I'm in that category, would you just raise your hand so I know that this word has touched ground? Great. Great, so many of us. God, oh God, right now in the name of Jesus, Lord, I thank you. I thank you that you are maturing us, God, into everything that you have designed us to be, oh God. Lord, I thank you that you have poured out, God, your spirit upon all 
flesh, Father. I thank you, oh Jesus, that you are for us. So who or what can be against us? And right now as mature Christian believers, we give notice to the devil and we say no more in the name of Jesus. You will not wreak havoc in my life. You will not cloud my judgment that my spirit, the spirit of the living God will beat out these things. He did it for you, church. He did it for you. He died that you would be set free. It's so that we don't have to die. We only have to receive. So let us receive tonight. We receive you, Jesus. We receive the spirit of the living God. And we thank you, God, that in our weakness, you are our strength. I thank you, God, that I don't just have to try harder. I will receive you more and I will let the lights turn on and I will hear your voice and I will do what you have called me to do. And I will live out my Christian life and walk with you. In your most magnificent name I pray. Can I get an amen? Amen. Five more minutes, are we okay with that? Okay, could you guys take your seat just real quick? And I'll just finish this out. The last point, and then we're gonna take communion together and seal up what's happened tonight, is point number three. And this is where we encounter Jesus my Savior, Jesus my Lord, and Jesus my friend. And this, my friends, is a beautiful place to be. John 15, 12, 15 says, my command is this, and this is Jesus. Love each other as I have loved you. What an extraordinary love he has loved us with, amen? He says, love each other. Love humanity that's all messed up. Love Christians that make good and bad choices. It's not always easy, but that's what he's called us to, a love. And he says, my command is this, love each other as I have loved you. And then he says this, greater love has no one than this, than to lay one's life down for one's friend. He did that, so he knows what he's talking about. And he said, you are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends. What does that mean? It means when the lights turn on. It means when we recognize, oh, wow, I can invite you, Jesus, into my whole life and I can live in rhythm with you. We're actually gonna do life together. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. That's when we have nothing to fear. That's when fear goes away, when he's with us. But that can't just be an out there philosophy. It's actually, he's with me. That's what I experience. Oh, Jesus, thank you, you're with me. There's nothing to fear. The darkness can leave. The, the hell itself can come for me. Come what may, that song, I don't care because Jesus is with me. We do business together. We're on mission together. I have received his mission and I'm going to faithfully complete the mission that he has given to me. All of us are part of the great commission. That's the mission he gave all of us to make disciples of all men, not just to have them saved as Jesus their savior, but to help them become disciples. That is all of our mission. 
And then I feel that God uses the gifting, talents, and abilities that He placed in us to help to make that mission come about. And when we take that on, we're co-missioning. We got a business partner. Best one we could ever have, Pastor Rudy. We've got Jesus Himself. And that's when the Bible says, we go from servants whom He loves to His friends. How beautiful, church, that we can be a friend of Jesus. Do you know that the Bible says that Jesus spoke to Moses as a person who speaks, or as, as a person who speaks face to face. It's like two people speaking. That's how he talked to Moses. But you know what he says of Joshua who lingered? Joshua who lingered in the presence of the Lord entered the promised land. Jesus spoke to Moses face to face. But Joshua, who lingered, entered the promised land. And I believe there's a place and a maturity in God where Jesus goes from Savior to Lord. But then there's a beautiful place where he then becomes our friend. Wow, what an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen. For more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already and download our app. It is amazing. It is chock full of incredible messages, information about upcoming events, and you can even support our ministry if you feel so inclined. We loved having you with us today. We look forward to seeing you again. God bless you. Live a life that is transformative. Bye for now. Bye for now.